Hi everybody, welcome to Those Cuts December update. I am joined by Mike. Uh, Mike, season's greetings to you. Dan, how are you? Yes, almost there. Almost there. The year's almost over. Good year for us, I think, in terms of relative performance. We had a pretty cautious stance all year, beaten, I think, pretty much all the competitors, kept people's money safe. So I think quite quite satisfying from that point of view. Yeah, it's, it's probably been a bit of a depressing time listening to us talk about how we've got to be a bit cautious on markets uh, at times throughout this year. But uh, sometimes patience is the best thing and, and just protecting your capital and waiting for the, the perfect time or, or near perfect time to get aggressive again is the best call. Uh, maybe we should summarise you know, some of the key things we've seen this year just quickly. I think the big story has really been inflation proving to be more sticky than we imagined going into 2022. And that's led to a lot of interest rate hikes from the central banks. And for really speculative stocks, have uh, had a tough year this year. Uh, the ARK Innovation ETF, for example, it's down about 75% from its peak, uh, which admittedly happened last year, but uh, it's quite a fall. Uh, and in fact, in the last couple of weeks, I don't know if you've seen this, Mike, as well, but Tesla, you know, the, the poster child for this stock market has started to come off. Lots of big sales coming through there. And I think that's not massively encouraging in terms of market leadership. It was the stock that really led markets to new highs. Apple is subdued as well. And that suggests to me that a lot of the exuberant, uh, the exuberance around growth and these kind of, you know, very glamorous stocks is is, is just ebbing out of the market. Yes, I, I think a lot of the smaller US retail investors are, are starting to feel the pinch from a, a slowing economy and having less disposable income to play on the well, the options market is something that we've seen a lot of activity in over the last couple of years. And I think it, that was what kicked off a couple of the bear market rallies we saw this year. So back in March and June, July, uh, and even at present, you know, we stand at a, a strange point right now where everybody's convinced that the Federal Reserve is going to stop raising rates and inflation's peaked. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be, I think, the key issue going into a new year. You know, is that because economic growth is falling so quickly? That's what's causing inflation to come down. And what does that mean for earnings for next year? That's just one of the issues that we were looking at. Uh, we were talking just before we started, uh, there's quite a few things uh, on our mind for next year. Would you like to chip in with a few? Yeah, so I think I mean, for me, the, the, the really big issue is um, this year has been very broadly characterized by the sudden and sharp uh, shift in rates, the dramatic rise in interest rates around the world. Next year, rates will probably be kind of flattish, maybe a couple of raises followed by a couple of cuts towards the end of the year. But the the tail of next year, I suspect, will be the burden of, of the high level of rates on the economy and the kind of stresses that, that causes to household cash flows in terms of people paying higher mortgages, government finances in terms of governments paying higher interest payments, what happens to growth companies, those companies with no real profits yet, and also companies with weaker balance sheets. So it would be a year of discovery and discovery of kind of pockets of weakness, but also I think a year where companies and countries that are robust in terms of their balance sheets, cash flows or revenues or, or, or tax receipts will gain a premium in the, in the marketplace. Yeah, that's a great point, especially at the start when you're talking about interest rates, because people forget interest rates 
act with lag. So it can take 12 months for the real effect of an interest rate hike to start having an impact on the real economy. Uh, and that's why, as you were saying, it's going to impact on the consumer and as well as companies. So the cost of borrowing goes up uh, whilst the consumer spend is coming down. Not a great mix. One part of the world where I think we need to keep a close eye on, even though we are not invested there in Rosco portfolios, is Japan. Japan was the first to try quantitative easing and all of these uh, various monetary policy uh, unorthodox tools, shall we say. And the, the head of their central bank retires, I think, in April. And his replacement should be announced around February time. It's possible that he wants to come in with a different policy. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out because it does have an impact on how the rest of the world thinks about currencies, bond markets, quantity easing, etc. Uh, so that's a key thing to watch for. It is. I think Japan is it's sort of an odd country economically. As you mentioned, the Bank of Japan has hoovered up most of the outstanding bonds. They have experimented with monetary policy. It hasn't caught the inflation bug yet. And it's, it, it's sort of been a bit ignored by the market in terms of markets fo- focusing on it as a stress point. I mean, we, we did have that period this year where the yen was extremely weak and, and the Bank of Japan was, I think, at, at different stages nervously uh, trying to, to intervene. So I, I think it's one to watch as maybe as a, as a kind of a wild card. Yes, I remember when the uh, uh, Bank of Japan was intervening in the FX markets because it was around the same sort of time that the UK gilt market was, uh, uh, shall we say, experiencing some difficulties uh, which caused problems for the pension funds here in the UK. And I, I think part of the uh, relief of pressure came from the US dollar. I've heard a few people refer to that as the US dollar wrecking ball. When that gets really strong, it causes problems for other people. It's weakened a bit over the last month or two. It's another factor to keep an eye on. If it starts strengthening again going into the next year, or the new year, should I say, that's a, that's a risk factor to monitor. I think we're now hedged against that risk, so we'll be okay with most of portfolios, uh, but it's something to watch from a standpoint of risk sentiment and how it impacts equity markets. Yeah, and I think that the strong dollar is, for me, one of the risk factors next year because it's it's something that is always associated with stress in markets. Um, and when you get stress, you get people bidding for, for, for dollar assets. So it, it's both a, a bellwether of market stress, but something that is reflexive and that it will cause stress itself. Just to finish on a high note, or more positive note, should I say, I think going into the next year, it's going to look it's going to look kind of similar, I think, to 2022 at the start. But I think by the second half of the year, we should have a lot of the bad news out of the way. If there is an impact from these interest rate hikes, they should be impacting then. The market looks ahead. So the second half of the year is when I'm personally expecting things to get a little more clear. Yeah. What do you think about timing, Mike? It's, I know it's difficult to forecast these things but I, I do think I think one of the big surprises of next year so that there's a kind of a crossover point between inflation slowing and growth maybe troughing because I think we are pointing towards that recession and, and then maybe the third variable is when central banks decide just to that enough is enough in terms of the tightening and, and then we could have a very very sharp rally in in risk assets 
and I think that's something you know we've been cautious all year we're building up cash and something clearly I think that will will be a, a very interesting opportunity for us and we're, we're on the on the lead foot I think in that regard yeah and the final thing I will throw in as to uh, reasons as to why I'm bullish for the, the second half of next year onwards is the election cycle so the latest the latest they can hold a general election here in the UK is by January 2025. The US presidential election will be November 2024. So if the politicians want to start uh, making a move for the economy to pick up ahead of that, that would work quite nicely for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because you, you have potentially fiscal stimulus, you have the end of monetary tightening. Um, so you get sort of a, I guess you get some kind of, a, you know, stimulative effect uh, in the second half of next year uh, and potentially and I hope a lot of the geopolitical risks will be behind us as well yeah hopefully so so let's revisit this forecast uh, in a year's time see how well it's aged Some, something of an optimistic note to to end on um, but let, let's see yeah 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 uh, so with that uh, I think we'll wrap up by uh, wishing everyone that listens a uh, happy Christmas and a uh, new year Look forward to speaking to you next year, Mike. Yeah, you too, sir. Take it easy.